back folks to the norwood noise it is tuesday april 4th and we are on the day after the evening after the national title the university of connecticut uconn connecticut whatever you prefer huskies are your national champions of ncaa division one men's basketball for 2023 um we had a great final four weekend um, we're here to recap it with you um and kind of go through everything that we saw over the weekend, as well as some other big um, headlines. Of course, myself alongside uh, myself, Evan Chibble, alongside Graham Griffith, and this is kind of the the final one for the uh, for the season, final one of the of the regular season, final one for twenty twenty three, or the twenty two twenty three season. And then we'll kind of start gearing towards the summer and what that and what that's going to look like. Um, but as always, thank you all for joining us, Graham. Turn it over to you. Um, because I, I will allow you to peacock here for a minute. You went two and one on picks on the weekend. I went one and two, of course. Um, what were the biggest takeaways from you, um, and what kind of led you to see this see this coming from UConn? A pretty pretty dominant tournament, um, winning every single game by double digits. Yeah, um, I don't think that many people saw this coming. Um, sure, there were a lot of people that are extremely high on them. Um, the way that. A lot of the metric websites and analysts, you know, saw UConn as being a lot more favorable than the four seeds suggested. Um, so sure, a lot of people had some long runs in mind, but I don't think anyone um, saw them handling every single team that they played by double digits. Um, and the way that they responded, I thought that in the Miami and San Diego State game, that there were multiple times especially late and around the same time around like with a 10 minutes ago in the second half both San Diego State and Miami went on these really explosive runs where UConn wasn't able to score and they were getting you know three four five you know baskets in a row um, and then it was either a you know a hustle play or a timeout that really like swung the tie right back towards UConn's way and they really um, handled business down the stretch I, this is a testament to um, how perfectly built this UConn team is. Um, every single aspect of a college basketball team that you need to win in this era is present on this UConn team, whether it's, you know, uh, having veteran leadership, if it's, you know, being super physical, hitting tough shots, um, being deep, coaching, like they are just built for um, a long run in March. Um so while a lot of people didn't see it coming, when, you know, 2020, I mean, hindsight's 2020 vision that this team had it coming for a long time, and it's pretty special that they were able to piece it together at the right time 
and handle business against every single team that they played. Yeah, absolutely. Just to recap real quick, they won uh, first round game by 24 over I- Iona, second round game over St. Mary's by 15, beat Arkansas by 23 in the Sweet 16, uh, dismantled Gonzaga won by 28 in the Elite Eight. Um, that math's not right. No, it is. Okay, we're good. We're good. Um, won by 13 in the Final Four against Miami and then beat San Diego State by four, uh, 17. Good math there uh, in the national title. So, yeah, I mean, totally agree. I, I think that especially in both the Miami and the San Diego State games, you bring up a really good point about those kind of late runs uh, that both those teams were able to go on and make it make it interesting, make it, you know, something worth watching, especially on the stretch, and then UConn just absolutely turning it to another level. Their versatility was unreal. Graham, you said this team was made for March, and I couldn't agree more with that. They were able to go 8-9 deep pretty consistently, never really got into a huge amount of foul trouble. Two-pronged attack down low with Sonogo and um, and uh, Klingon. They were both unbelievable. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Jordan Hawkins was legit. Shades of... I don't know if I'd say necessarily Kemba Walker, but this tournament really gave me kind of a feeling almost like uh, like Shabazz Napier a little bit um, with that 2013-2014 UConn team. Um, just a shot maker, great player. Um, but I think Hawkins is on even another level uh, with how quickly he gets that release up. Um, and the T-shirt under the jersey is just such a sweet look. Um, so, yeah, loved watching this team all the way through. Um, really good win. Um, so congrats to, to UConn and real no surprise. Obviously, pretty much handled business there with Miami. I think the only thing, other thing that we really do have to touch on is the end of that San Diego State-Florida Atlantic game was probably the ending of the tournament. Um, you know, best best game we saw all, all, all tournament, which is pretty awesome. Obviously, San Diego State hitting the winner there uh, with the buzzer beater. Pretty awesome uh, final few moments. Um, and, and obviously, a, a great year of accomplishment for San Diego State and the Aztecs in kind of this new era under Brian Dutcher. Obviously, Steve Fisher stepping aside, um, you know, a few years ago, and now to see Dutcher really keep keep the the level of of intensity on there at San Diego State. Um, and obviously, with a you know with an imminent move to the Pac-12, probably on the horizon for that San Diego State team, definitely a lot to look forward to for the Aztecs and for that fan base. Uh, so really fun to watch their run um, and see them continue to be a super successful team. But Grandma, I'll kind of let you wrap up Florida Atlantic season. Tell me, you know, what your biggest takeaways were from them and what you look for them in the future as they also move into this new chapter, moving into the Atlantic or excuse me, the American. Um, yeah, that game was really exciting because I think it's. Um showcasing two different coaches um that kind of got there you know in similar fashions i mean two former managers that have worked their way up i mean that was really cool to see Mm -hmm. um especially in in my case as someone who wants to have a career in the sport um san diego state i feel like kind of had a little bit of a head start though i mean this is a fairly historic program um that they've been good for a long time um obviously if they've you know never been past the sweet 16 so what brian dutch was able to do and get them to the elite eight the final four and then even the national championship is a testament of what this individual uh team has been able to do um but for fau's case i mean they made the tournament one other time before this and even in their first game a memphis team was right red hot after you know um winning their conference tournament um this is now going to be um one of their rivals next year, uh, you know, as they move into the American Conference, 
I think that um, Dusty May has done an unbelievable job. Um, I think the main issue that he is presented with now is that he has a team that a lot of people could come back from and you could run it back. But he also has a team in this era with NIL and with, um, you know, with the transfer portal. So I'm really interested to see how many of his main guys he can retain um, because I think he did something extremely special here. Um, as we've talked about all year long in a world of NIL and transfers and, you know, booster involvement and in building these teams, um, as we talked about with Miami, the fact that FAU is able, um, while it's a large school in its enrollment and, you know, the people involved with it, in a basketball sense, this is very much an underdog story. So the fact that they were able to go to the Final Four in this day and age and be one shot away from being in the national championship um, is a testament to what Dusty May has been able to do there. Um, I think Florida Atlantic's headed in a lot of right places the way um, that you know the media has covered their story and how um, Dusty May and that program has a lot of like booster support and alumni support. Um, they're pouring in a bunch of money for new facilities and everything following this run as they move into a new conference. Um, I'm really excited to see if this is a one-year deal or as he really cemented, you know, um, what could possibly be a really, really good program. Um, well, you know, uh, VCU uh, lost um, – in pretty convincing fashion to St. Mary's after making the tournament. I, the FAU, you know, horizon is very similar to how I see VCU post Shaka smart final four run that Shaka has been gone for several years. They've had now with their new hiring, they've had four coaches since him, but they are still as a mid major in the Atlantic 10 conference that hasn't had, crazy success i mean some years they send two three teams but if that's like a career year for them um the fact that vcu is still like this like big household name after yeah. what shaka was able to build there i think that could very well be um fau's horizon if they're able to continue this with dusty may um while they still have him. yeah totally agree and i think obviously you know set to sign a large extension we'll see um Graham, I'll give you credit on this one. Kind of had the shout of looking at that Florida State job in the next year or two or three, um, obviously with Leonard Hamilton probably near the exit door. Um, so definitely worth looking at. But, yeah, I mean, FAU seems to be committed to, to throwing money at it. But I think that's the big takeaway is if, you know, I, I love the comparison to VCU because I don't think there will ever be another Gonzaga. But I think Gonzaga has proven that they decided – a long time ago, you know, early 2000s, you know, late 90s, like after their first couple runs said, hey, like this is profitable for us. We are going to throw every dollar we have at this. And I think Gonzaga is a little bit of a unique situation just because it's a basketball only school or basketball is their primary sport there. Or Florida Atlantic still has a football team to fund. And with the move to the American, like that's going to become an even bigger deal, you know, because they're going to be looking at making bowl games and things like that. So I, I do think while it is definitely possible for Florida Atlantic to get to a, a really high level if they do throw the right amount of money um, at the basketball program, I, I do think a VCU comparison is a really, really great comparison. Um, and definitely excited to see what uh, Florida Atlantic has to has to bring for us here in the future. So 
overall that kind of wraps our final four talk um obviously it was a fun final four it was a it was an abstract a unique final four um but i think we got the appropriate finish yukon coming out on top graham went two and one on picks on the weekend um getting yukon and uh, he had florida atlantic but uh but getting yukon correct to win the whole thing and i had i had to just go opposite for the sake of going opposite I had san diego state and miami um with san diego state winning the whole thing so Obviously, a really, really fun tournament, um, and yeah, overall, not. I, I don't think the. Obviously, they weren't the crazy buzzer beaters and the amazing, you know, moments, you know, or there weren't as many of them as we, we typically have. But obviously, the the final four moment was pretty awesome, um, and just a lot of really, really solid games throughout. A lot of fun headlines, um, and a lot to look forward to here in the future. I think this this kind of headline the new era of college basketball with the rise of nil and the use of the transfer portal and a big turnover in the coaching market um i think this does uh really good you know this just really shows what that can bring and how we can get these uh new and unique stories that we're not you know used to having um so kind of wrapping that up um moving into speaking of the transfer portal um, gonna throw out just some of the biggest names that are in the transfer portal as of right now. Um, Hunter Dickinson's definitely by far the biggest one. Uh, the Michigan big man has hit the portal. Um, I, I mean, just really, really solid uh, player there. Obviously, has you know incredible potential, and I don't see why you know any any large program out there isn't isn't gonna you know go after him there. Tyree Samuel from Seton Hall, that's another big name uh, that is that is out there. Uh, Kadeen Shedrick from Virginia, um, keep an eye on that one. Khalil Ware, uh, basically a seven-foot guard uh, from Oregon. He's going to be really fun to see where he ends up. Um, and, yeah, so that's kind of amongst the, the biggest names there. Um, you know, excited to see where we go uh, with the transfer portal. Quite a few more, obviously, um, you know, to, to talk Xavier specifically. Um, a few guys hit the portal for the Musketeers. We uh, we are losing out on uh, Kiki Tandy, Deontay Miles, Cesar Edwards, and Elijah Tucker. Um, all those guys hit the transfer portal. No real surprise on any of them. Obviously, Kiki uh, has already signed with Jacksonville State, um, so good for him heading down for a little bit nicer weather down there in Florida. Um, and then the other street, other three, we still haven't heard anything official from. Uh, but I'm sure in the coming weeks we will know where they will all end up. Um, and yeah, obviously a, a big overhaul in the Xavier program here um, ahead. And uh, I'll be interested interested to see um, what Xavier can kind of get out of the portal. As there's definitely a lot, uh, a lot to be had there. So yeah, Graham, biggest biggest kind of you know things on the horizon for the transfer portal as a whole, as a whole, or uh, Xavier specifically as well. Um, with Transfer portal, uh, as it stands right now, um, the Big East has will be a big turnover. Uh, multiple teams having you know five plus guys in the portal, um, namely Butler and um, St. John's, uh, have a lot have a lot of um, you know, voids to fill um, with a lot of their guys hitting the portal and graduating. Um, you know, Butler's starting to piece a little bit together. Um, they just announced that they, they got a, a big man from Bucknell um, today. Um, so we'll be interesting to see, like, uh, you know, 
how like the Big East is going to shake up. I remember uh, when we were going into the season and, you know, the preseason, you know, coaches poll came out. We were struggling to name um, almost every single um, yeah, you know, spot about which team would, you know, fall where. And I think that it's going to be the same uh, this year um, if UConn were to lose out on some of their guys, um, which I think they will due to, um, you know, Hawkins and Sonogo, you know, having great draft upside. Um, but, you know, just to talk about Xavier specific, um, obviously, um, if anyone has, you know, been on Twitter, you know, someone's name pops up and it sees that they've received interest from, 40 schools and of course Xavier's been on that list so it's kind of hard to follow um which players were at uh you know actually considering and who has uh, a chance of coming here um but the big name um that we just received word on today Indiana transfer uh Logan Duncombe um he's a big man uh from the Cincinnati area he actually went to Archbishop Moeller um won a state championship um he was the second best um recruit and in our grade, the class of 2021 in Ohio, um, at at Indiana, the past two years, um, wasn't really able to find a lot of playing time, um, you know, due to some injuries, some COVID-related illnesses, and then he had a sinus infection surgery. Um, and even when he was healthy, you know, you're playing behind the likes of um, Trace Jackson Davis, who is now headed to the draft. So you could see why there would be a little bit of a vacuum on some minutes there. Um, but you know, a Cincinnati guy who in his limited time was able to rebound pretty well and shows, um, a pretty diverse skill set on offense. This is definitely kind of like a wild card pick, um, for Xavier, because I think with the right coaching and, you know, time in the off season, he could be a really special player. I mean, the potential is definitely there with the physical tools and what he's able to do in that short limited time. At the same time, you bring someone in who hasn't had a lot of playing time. Um, who's dealt with some injuries, um, is definitely going to be behind schedule coming in as a junior. Um, In terms of his eligibility, um, but I think if there's a team that can develop him and a coaching staff that can give him the opportunity that he deserves, I think it's here at Xavier. Um, And another, you know, big part of why I'm extremely optimistic about him is he's a Cincinnati guy, Um, you know, whether he was a Xavier fan or not growing up, he knows the buzz and how important uh, basketball is to this campus. And I think uh, he could definitely find his way um, to buy in, especially being part of a, a rich basketball culture at uh, Moeller. Um, I'm not even a Cincinnati guy, but being in a high school basketball fan in Ohio for the last eight years, um, Moeller has a huge identity, mm-hmm. which I feel like, will be very easy to, to mold him into being a Xavier uh, Musketeer. So I'm extremely excited to see where his upside can rely on uh, the next two years that he's with us. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, very excited to see what you know what, what's to come and, and what more is to come in the portal because I definitely think there's still a lot brewing. There's so many players in the portal um, and just a lot of possibilities on the horizon. So um, as we move and kind of wrap it up here, we're going to talk real briefly um, about the coaching side of things. Um, we do have, uh, you know, a couple names. Um, Mark Madsen uh, is headed to um, Cal. Um, 
which is, I think, a really interesting move there. Um, obviously, Madsen coming from Utah Valley. Uh, so we'll be interested to see kind of what he's able to bring at the Power 5 level. Um, but, yeah, so California fills their spot. Um, Mike Rhodes head to v- or, excuse me, from VCU headed to Penn State. Um, another big one there. Uh, Rhodes did a, a serviceable job at VCU. I don't think he really got him to what they expected. Um, almost a little bit of a panic hire there for, for Penn State, I think. Um, but they bring him in seven years, $25 million. Um, good, good, just unreal money there for Rhodes. Um, but, it, you know, excited to see if he can keep that Penn State train rolling after a really successful year this year under Shrewsbury, who's obviously headed to Notre Dame. Again, kind of an interesting kind of almost lateral move there. Um, obviously, VCU uh, looking to fill their spot. They found a former UMBC coach and then Utah State coach Ryan Odom. Uh, interested to see what he is able to do. Um. Uh, kind of back in his, you know, Maryland, Virginia, Commonwealth, uh, you know, kind of DMV area there. Um, so see if he still has a lot of those recruiting ties um, and see what he's able to bring to the table for VCU. Obviously, Odom, most well-known for coaching that UMBC team that knocked off Virginia. Um, Texas Tech hired Grant McCaslin uh, from North Texas after the NIT uh, went final. Big shocker there. Um Surprising to absolutely nobody. McCaslin, uh, really, really well-proven coach there at the mid-major level. Um, and, of course, interested to see uh, where you know where he can take that program in, in the Big 12. So um, those are kind of the big names there across the, uh, across the sport, um, you know, in the in kind of the, the larger, larger scheme of things there coaching-wise. Um, the only other thing that I, and I've seen some rumblings about this, that's the only reason I'm mentioning, obviously, this is nothing confirmed. Um, Bill Self is holding a press conference tomorrow at the University of Kansas uh, at um, 11 local time, so it would be noon Eastern. Um, interested to see where where that press conference goes. I'm sure it's just routine, and I'm sure it's nothing super significant. Um, but there's been a little bit of rumbling to just keep your eye on that. Um you know, if he were to step away, this would be kind of a similar time to do it. Obviously, with the with the health concerns and the postseason, um, maybe he has made that decision. We don't know, uh, but just just keep your eye on that on that press conference tomorrow. Um, obviously, coming from a Kansas fan, hopefully no big headlines uh, coming out around uh, noon Eastern time tomorrow. But just uh, just keep your eye on that. So. Um, but yeah, it's the first time he's kind of addressing the press uh, in its entirety there uh, in a local, um, in, a, in a local sense there, uh, since the the health incident in the in the postseason. So, um, but yeah, lots of lots of lo- lots to look forward to here. Um, obviously, coaching changes, lots a, a ton of work in the portal here, um, upcoming across the sport. Uh, and yeah, kind of as we as we wrap up the season, get towards the NBA draft. Of course, we'll have some. Uh, light coverage on that as well coming up this summer, um, and then yeah, just definitely a lot of a lot of good a lot of good content, a lot of good stuff to come. So as always, thank you all uh, for listening. Graham, any final final words before we we head into the off season here? Um, yeah, I I think that I've you know 
wanted to address this when we were talking about um, Xavier and the transfer portal, uh, and I, I kind of just you know slipped my mind that I've seen a lot of like panic about how we've seen guys put out like their top fives that you know as Xavier mentioned we don't land them or whatever. Um, the transfer portal isn't like a one weekend thing. This is a pretty long <laughs> yes. extended time. Um, to put it into some perspective, Sule Boom, UTIP guy. Um, and I, I say that um, the Sule Boom one-year rental I, uh, worked out for us. Um, he was a pretty good player for us. Um, he didn't commit until my birthday, which is May 2nd. Uh, nice little birthday present from Mr. Boom himself. Uh, still still, just, still just under a month out. <laughs> yeah, there's still plenty of time. And as if that was the last day, there's plenty of days after that. Um, so I wouldn't worry uh, too much. Um, there are still... Um, and I can't even like joke about this. There are thousands of players. <laughs> there are literally thousands of players still available. Um, we still have a mate, a great core returning four standout freshmen um, joining some of our uh, more experienced guys um, that we will still have returning next year. We could very well be in St. John's's boat. I think they have like three players right now. Um, so I wouldn't have any cause of concern yet um you'll hear from us very soon i'm sure once you know the transfer portal um all the dust clears the coaches changes are finally finalized um we'll hit you guys with a little off-season pod in the summer or late spring um kind of talking about that um but i mean as we close the door on this season i know i had a lot a lot of fun this year um every year i feel like i just become more knowledgeable and more in tune with um all the games i mean i've been filling out a bracket since i was five years old but i think this was the most amount of games i've ever watched and um i'm super excited you know just to keep the train rolling um for now we're just gonna have to stick to twitter and highlights um for a couple months but i know that you guys will all be back here uh waiting for us next season um so with that being said i mean i've had a great time and i hope all you guys uh have a good rest of your off season um, as we yeah. enter portal combat, Absolutely. as John Rothstein says. <laughs> uh, good stuff, good stuff. As always, thank you all for joining us. Um, of course, shout out to the uh, the legend Jim Nance himself um, in his final sign off for his final time. Uh, you know, with CBS and for the March Madness, it was a pleasure to listen to him do his thing for the last uh, you know all of my life and for many many decades before that. So, again, thank you all for listening. Of course. Um, and we'll catch you all here very, very soon with some off-season content. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in all season. Uh, very fun year, very exciting year. Getting Xavier back on the map, all that good stuff. Um, and, yeah, we'll catch up with you here very, very soon. Cheers. <laughs>